Hello, and welcome to the Sea of Thieves Hot Topics podcast. I'm not John, I'm Christina. John is with us in spirit. He's in Mexico on holiday, but we've trapped his spirit in this lovely little skull here. So he is joining us somehow, somewhere. I'm joined by these lovely people who I'll let introduce themselves. Hey, um, I'm Drew Stevens, uh, senior producer on Sea of Thieves. I'm Joni, executive producer on Sea of Thieves. And I'm Mike Chapman, creative director on Sea of Thieves. Lovely. That's very funny. <laughs> you enjoyed saying that. <laughs> now, Drew, you've not been on the podcast since something else very funny happened. Yeah, it was a bit of a crazy scenario. It's unsurprising that both John and Antonio, neither of them are here today because the last time I was on, uh, well, last time I was in front of the camera was uh, when John had an unfortunate accident with a monkey. <laughs> For those that haven't seen it, it's not that bad. <laughs> Your reaction is priceless. Though. Yeah, continues to be priceless. The monkey was sick on him, so the monkey had the un- who had the unfortunate accident. I guess John was the recipient of it. He was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was. But Antonio's fine. Not sure about John. But, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but welcome back. Yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So, before we get into everything how are we all how are we doing it's been a while since we last had our podcast so good really good like really yeah we're just saying how amazing it is to be back in the studio to actually record podcast back in the tavern it's awesome but um yeah very excited for 2022 as people have seen with the, the preview event for this year and all the plans that we've got um and even on top of that the, the plans that we've got for our seasons so lots of exciting content to come lots of pieces that have fallen into place so yeah, very excited for this year. No, it's good. I was so excited because we were able to share a roadmap for like the first time and feel really good about where it's going. And obviously there are little hints as to what's coming for later on in, in the year. But it was an amazing moment to just be like, yeah, we're here. This is the plan. Look forward to it. And that was you pushing us to do that as well, wasn't it? Pushing was, us to share yeah. the roadmap. Like it's not, it's not a comfortable thing for a development team to do, to share a roadmap with anyone, no. is it? Let yeah. alone players. But, but it's fine because you yeah. had several terrible iterations via PowerPoint, which you could just <laughs> shuffle, approve, say, no, thank you. So we got there in the end, but it was, it was so worthwhile because I think it gives our players so much, hopefully, confidence and, and excitement about what we're about to head into. It's really, really exciting. Yeah, I think, I think we had fun with uh, you know, try, trying to give some little teases, but you know, not giving too much away. And it's been good to see the discussion of what people think are coming through six, like season seven, eight, and nine. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some stuff in there that I think will surprise people, but hopefully make them really happy. Some community requested features in there that will finally see the light of day. So very excited, very Ooh. excited. Sea of teas. There we go. What's that? Is that pacify? Does that? Yeah. Okay. How are you doing? How are you doing? It's been a while since you've been on. What's been up? Um, I've slowly but surely got parts of my body tattooed since mm. we've last been in the studio. So that was my kind of pandemic present to myself. So slowly but surely endorning my body with tattoos. So it's also been a nice stress relief while I've been out. So I can sit at home and do some work and then also sit in a chair and just get an aggressive amount of tattoo inking done. So. I like that. I had a tattoo of the pandemic as well of my cat. Oh, that's beautiful. But that it's not. Is cool. Look at it. It actually looks like him with a little tatty ear and everything. But no, no, not as aggressive as that. Which is quite impressive. It's very nice. Yeah, I've got my, got my legs in progress as well. So very I'm good. not going to get my legs out on the podcast. So. Disappointing. Cool. Not till the second half. Next time. Yeah. If you'd like to see on. his legs, mm. drop it in the comments. Um, <laughs> when we can peer pressure, it's not a problem. It's all yeah. good. You've got the roadmap on your back as well. <laughs> 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 Lots of crossing out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so I think first up, the thing we wanted to cover first, because it seems like it's quite close to when this podcast will be releasing, a kind of let's talk about live service issues and the, th- the hurdles that we've hit. Joe, I know that you've been talking with our technical team, our technical director. Um, kick us off. So basically, if I, I'll kind of go back in time, like come with me back in time. Ooh, and I want an effect for the, uh, um, one of those little wavy ones, isn't it? I think that's the one. Um, but so if we head back towards... It's a great start. Yeah. This is a great start. This is brilliant. John, you see what's happened. You leave, you leave and this happens. Indeed. But um, so we head back before a pirate's life. Like we knew heading towards a pirate's life, which was... June last year, is that right? Yeah. Um, uh, Like we knew that that was going to be a huge moment for Sea of Thieves and was likely to be our biggest moment since the original launch in terms of players coming into the game um, and the amount coming in at the same time. Uh, And so we worked really, really hard to kind of go, how do we scale our services and how do we actually um, make it so that regardless, almost how do we remove any kind of limitation for if we have a huge moment um, for Sea of Thieves, we want to just be able to cope, right? And you see it with, um, well, with the launch of Sea of Thieves when we had a huge amount of people coming in, we had some challenges with kind of just coping with that amount of of kind of activity and the messages going backwards and forwards and the way our services kind of connect um, to the game and, and vice versa. And so, and it's and it's not uncommon with live service games, right, that that, that can be an issue, you see, it, especially around the launch of something, um, and the launch of something big when you when you have lots of people coming in. So for a pilot's life, we worked super hard to kind of remove that as a just as a barrier to us going and doing cool things where we want to bring loads of people into the game, right? Uh, so what played out with the pirate's life was really good like so the launch of that it broadly worked without kind of any issues around scale you know and we hit the the highest number of concurrent players we had seen since the launch period of sea of thieves which was awesome um uh, and so that was great that was a great moment but kind of since then we've been working on kind of like split across two kind of areas really as, as a kind of services team. And some of that is with new features that we go and work on, they generally have a service kind of requirement, right? And so everything we think about, we're looking at, okay, what stuff needs to be, um, you know, controllable or editable in a service as opposed to what is in kind of the, the game client and things. Um, and so that's one thread where we're continuing to add, do new things. And, and obviously that just, that's change, right? And it means change happens in the game. And then at the same time, your kind of focus is on keeping the live game maintain keeping everything working and making sure that the issues aren't kind of servicing and so our team's been kind of split across both of those things and there's just been a little bit of a conflict and how that has kind of played out is that as we've pursued new features new things that we want to go do which we're going to always keep doing for for sea of thieves um that we haven't managed to kind of almost have that early enough tell when things have started to maybe decay or, or things have started to you know because of some work in a completely separate area something kind of changes here or even something might change in a partner service that we're using because we have loads of different services that we use um you know that kind of flow in and out of, of Sea of Thieves. Something might change somewhere else that starts to affect something on our side and we're, we like haven't spotted that early enough because it's maybe happened and not affected the game and not affected the players. So fast forward to kind of community day and what played out there was... It was an amazing day, amazing kind of moment, right, of, of everyone sharing stories and of driving that multiplayer up. And that drove loads of people to come in to see of Thieves at the same time. And so that kind of replicated a kind of similar spike to what we saw back at, at Pirate's Life, right, in terms of this huge um, increase in, in concurrency. And so at that point, those little things that had been kind of decaying or going wrong, kind of either in partner services or in our own stuff suddenly kind of rose to the fore and it just culminated in 
us not being able to get as many people in as we wanted at the kind of same time. So yeah. about 2 p.m. I think it was um, UK time on the on the Sunday. And so we've been working like since then to kind of identify what are those things that have gone wrong? How do we address those? And and so there's been that kind of short term thing of like, OK, we need to fix this. We need to kind of address that. But now that there's been a kind of retrospective like this week to, to, to figure that out. And that's where we've really identified this. OK, there were these tells, these things we could have identified. And we've really had that open discussion around, OK, we need to not just kind of have one team that has this split focus of of kind of continuing to evolve while also maintaining. Like we're looking at spinning up a second kind of team that is going to be completely maintaining live operations and their focus is going to be one, identifying those things that they do just happen. Like I say, it could be in our services, it could be in partner stuff, um, but we can... Like we want to be able to identify them early so that we can address them before they become a player facing impact. And also, if something does get through that and becomes something where we do have a player facing impact, because, you know, let's say a, like one of our services goes down for whatever reason or a partner service goes down, um, that we want to be able to kind of insulate ourselves. So if, if something like that happens, that we can switch it off or we have a kind of a backup for that specific instance so that we're protecting ourselves for something um, like within the game experience that would be affected. So. Uh, so, so we've kind of got two focuses, and so having one team that's specifically at those kind of two strategic goals, whilst um, we have the kind of existing team continue to work on evolving, um, like new features, new mechanics, new things like that. Um, that's kind of where we're at, uh, and so there's kind of, yeah, definitely like the highs of a pirate's life, and then we've just had some kind of just, just just stuff that's been kind of bubbling under and, and going wrong occasionally and things. And, and that will surface with players as either login issues or lost progress in game. Right? Yeah. And those are kind of the two main challenges that we see. And so, you know, our intent is absolutely to protect the kind of Sea of Thieves experience and the lived experience for players from from those two things and kind of get the the reliability up yeah. to, to as, as high as possible as we can on both of those kind of threads. Um, but but ultimately it means scaling our team and allowing them to have the split focus to, to do that as opposed to kind of having to deal with the conflicting priorities that we have been. So More of an ability to assess where we're at mm-hmm. before we hit scale, right? That's what you're saying. Def- definitely, the, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Let's not be surprised, right? And let's spot those things going yeah. wrong before they become a player facing impact right? yeah absolutely I mean, I mean I it kind of goes without saying that like community day is my recent example but even like a few weeks before that I think it goes without saying everyone on the team is as disappointed as the players trying to get in I mean it's, it's there's that sense of anxiety of oh, are we going to hit issues it feels like there's a blind spot there but I think yeah everything you've just spoke about is allows us to identify and track those things early and know exactly where we stand with the health of their service right mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely like the in- the integrity of the lived experience right yeah. like if we want people to be able to get in like it's like obviously and then but once you're in like that's the key we should, like you know progress should be earned there shouldn't be delays like all of those things that like we've seen kind of play out like 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 you say there was like early january was one where we yeah. had some yeah. lost progress and things was it was a really notable one like um so like absolutely like from a play, like we know that that experience needs to be kind of higher and and this like the most recent the community day one guess gave us some really good insights into into that building on stuff that we've been learning since january too and, and things and and through through the last year but um uh, so I, f- I feel good about kind of now now we've identified that and where we're heading and how we're moving forward and so and obviously the proof will be as as we go and iterate and, and yeah, like you should be able to to see that kind of meaningful improvement and impact so now, I think on Community Day, like you say, it disappoints all of us. Like, you know, we're really hoping for this amazing player mo- moment where all of our players would just pile in, like, you know, tweet about it, 
increase the multiplier and have a really lovely time. And we saw those amazing stories being shared, which is, you know, the the whole point of it is to share those stories as well as get the in-game benefit, right? So that was a really lovely moment, but it was really hard for my team to some extent because obviously this project was sort of our baby and we were on the front line of those who were, you know, really frustrated about the fact they couldn't get in. So it was really hard, but I think everyone in the team took it just as hard mm -hmm. just to be like, we had an amazing moment here. We just weren't able to fit everyone through the door. So for future events, obviously, we this was the first of its nature as well. We know a little bit more what to expect. We can we know how to brace for impact. And like you say, with the split focus, at least we, we have an understanding of, okay, this actually needs some people looking after it a little, a little bit more or a little bit more focused mm -hmm. rather than juggling all these different things as we try to launch new content to be able to deliver it and feel comfortable. So when we say, look, Season six is Community Day is coming here. We're ready for you. We can say it with full confidence, right? Absolutely. And it's interesting as well, because if you think of a pirate's life, like we clearly identified that as a massive moment. And the Community Day was awesome, but we weren't like as a plan and idea. And we were all like really excited about it. But I don't think any of us expected the scale of kind of players pouring into the game as a result of this. And so it created one of those spikes, which I think like, again, <laughs> if we step back and go like now, we'll, or we can step forward to the next community day. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but now we're much more prepared, like for things that we're, where we might have a spike like that. And so we can kind of really be robust in terms of how we're preparing for it and how we're kind of like preparing for that kind of thing. So like, you know, our risk kind of assessment of something yeah. is, is yeah. going to be a bit different going forward with one of those than maybe it was kind of leading up to this. Right. And that's a great thing on one hand, because it's like it's obviously really popular and it like people really enjoyed it. And and but there, it was, yeah, like you say, tinged with the kind of the, the regret that it didn't get to be as big as it could be and, and it'd be enjoyed by, by everyone as, as we wanted. But it was still it was still a, I, I love the idea I love that it came from you know your team and and, yeah. and everyone within team I, I, I think that's amazing to um, such a cool thing to celebrate the the community and players and so so next time we do that like we're like we're going to be kind of just we, we get to be much better prepared right heading in so yeah and we do get to do it again because I put it made everyone map. put it on the roadmap <laughs> <laughs> so committed that is oh, true what yeah. a blessing we yeah. love that's that roadmap true. and I think we can console ourselves like to take some positive out of it. I think that that day was to watch it unfold, particularly in the morning, yeah. the stories that were shared, you know, just, just how, the, how that mechanically worked and just the, the wealth of stories just in the game and outside of the game, just seeing the community's creativity. Like, I just sat back and I knew Community Day was coming and I knew what the meaning was, but to just see it play out and the success that it, it, it kind of reached was incredible. It just um, blew us out of the water. Like Amazing. with with not just with the concurrency, but with this 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 the stories that they had to share, and they weren't just like I sailed and had a lovely time. There were some people there, mm -hmm. but there were people who just planned entire streams around it, mm -hmm. and entire kind of video projects, had coordinated on a server with their friends to do something special. Like it really felt like it was a moment that brought everyone together, and the culture that Sea of Thieves has created was kind of crystallised in that one day. So hopefully yeah. we can you know do bigger, better next time. But it was it took us all by surprise just how much everyone got behind it, which is amazing. Yeah. But you're you're right, and it's it's funny, isn't it? You talk well, we talk about the Sea of Thieves community. We talk about it being such an amazing place. Right, and um, such a welcoming place, and so supportive, and, and, and of us as, as a team and, and everything. But um, so maybe with hindsight, we should have kind of known and predicted it was going to be so kind of big and wholesome and amazing. But um, yeah. uh, but but it but it is. It's it's the best of everything about Sea of Thieves, right? As yeah. a shared world, as a multiplayer thing, as a community, as a place for people to share stories and yeah. and have amazing memories and stuff. So um, yeah, like magic. And I think at the very least, it, it's thrown a lens onto all the stuff that you've talked about, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of exposing where we, we've got limitations with their live service and all the improvements you've just gone through. So there's that to take away as mm -hmm. well. Like always improving, always assessing, always moving forward. So 
It's that challenge, isn't it? We're always going to have the the scenario where we want to move the game forward meaningfully and trying to put the uh, resources in the right place to invest in that and keep moving the game forward, but keep recognising that there are players playing right now as we're recording and making sure that we find the way to prioritise both new and exciting experiences, but also keep the game stable and keep the game in a a great experience right now for players. It's always going to be a balancing act as we go through our live service. Yeah. Talking about... Core game experiences. Um, you like that, didn't you? I did like that. that. I winked at the camera. I struggled with my mouth then as well, so that looked a bit funny. But <laughs> I gave it a go. Um, talking of core game experiences, Drew, one of the things that you're here to talk about is, uh, I'm going to say it, hit registration. You don't, you don't know how like deep inside I get like an intense fight or flight response whenever anybody ever says hit registration. <laughs> I think I basically make that face, but internally. Um, so yeah, look, hit registration is is a challenge and has been a challenge for for players for for a fair amount of time. And I think that's why we wanted to try and hit it in one of our hot topics podcasts. That it is a point of contention and a point of, of sentiment around our players so wanted to try and give a bit of context as to why um, hit registration is a challenge on Sea of Thieves um, and then some of the steps that the, the team are taking to try and improve it. Um, so firstly hit registration is hard. Yep. <laughs> um, we, we have a very challenging scenario where effectively we've got multiple um, floating objects in a physics world and those those floating objects make it incredibly difficult, not only on, for the server to manage all of these floating things, and when I say floating things, I mean ships and barrels and rowboats and all of the all of the complexity that a sea brings. But throwing combat into that and ranged combat specifically makes it re- a real challenge for the server to be able to calculate the various different things that are going on. And one of the challenges that comes out of that is effectively you've got multiple floating objects and we've got a gunplay system that is about bullets that travel in real time so it's something that we can talk about a little later between the difference between various different like combat systems but sea of thieves is a very traditional gunplay experience in trying to tap into that pirate experience right of a slow moving bullet that you see arc over a long period of time and fall um and maybe you could talk a little bit about the kind of the origins of why we made that kind of design yeah no no, definitely and i think the the approach before launch while we're prototyping the approach we applied to combat was very much like the rest of our mechanics in the game how can we immerse you in this pirate world so you know hence first person perspective hence what you'd expect to be weaponry in a pirate world so both in terms of um the ammo counts of the weapons both in terms of how they perform when you're firing them and i think that feeling of bullets traveling through the air and the natural fall off that you'd expect and the fact that these aren't high caliber weaponry this is kind of old 17th century weaponry that was that was a big thing for us in terms in terms of getting it right and also kind of put in making it feel like a sea of thieves mechanic so in many ways i think everything you've everything you've just said in mind i think we've added to that challenge mm. by not making it easy for ourselves because we've gone all in on this idea of bullets having a time of flight in the air like you'd expect in real life and there's a natural um almost calibration you go through as a player to kind of work out the drop off of the shot the distance of the shot so that it's actually quite complex in terms of what it's doing and then when you play that out 
on on a server with messages that's where you get the inaccuracy right yeah effectively we've got that we've got that that very complicated gunplay scenario of bullets traveling over real time but then we've got these two floating physics objects and it's not just making it that gunplay uh, hit registration is only a challenge on water mm. we do have a general hit registration challenge across the game in, t in its entirety but it's generally that other games don't have to deal with floating objects and physics being calculated at all times yeah so it, it's very much a, a challenge that we see across most a lot of experiences but to floating fo gunplay on ships is is definitely a challenge for the system and to your point like we've made it difficult for we ourselves have, we've, we we've made sure that we've optimized for the type of experience and the type of gunplay we want players to have and we're slowly learning that actually behind the scenes that gives us a real challenge to try and twist and optimize for performance instead and try and optimize for accuracy so that is a state of play around why hit reg is hard yep. and, and maybe a bit of a behind the scenes as to why it, it's taken so long for us to try and work out how we go and improve that scenario while protecting the gunplay experience. Um, but the team, the team's focus at the moment is to very much try and double down on the foundations around the system. So really trying to look at areas where the server is trying to calculate these, these shots that happen between ships or long distance shots that have this time of flight bullet and trying to optimize those scenarios. So we've got, we've had um, fixes coming in over the, like the smaller monthly updates to try and almost make some experiments of going, what if we tweak this system and improve the speed of, of um, how bullets are detected between ships or improve the the how gravity is calculated so i'm getting into a bit of the weeds but basically we've been we've been trying to improve parts and almost optimize part of that experience about how the server calculates those bullets um and it, it's very much but it's very much a foundational system and like we'll, we can talk a little bit later about server performance, but we are in a place at the moment where our servers are underperforming where we'd like them to be. And even though players might see that as um, like actions failing to, to happen when yeah. you scoop a bucket or may, maybe rub it like a bottleneck in and players being, being, being dragged back, small impacts to server performance can have a hit registration impact. So it's not just a focus around hit registration, it's actually just general server performance can also push us into a problem place from hit, hit registration. But moving past those those almost like small experiments and, and, and trying to identify key bugs in the system, one of the, the next steps that we're looking internally to, to very much focus our testing time on is a fundamental change to gunplay behind the scenes. And that is shifting ranged weapons from a projectile-based system over to something called hitscan. And hitscan is well known in competitive shooting terms, yep. is, is a way for it to very much optimize for accuracy. It's very much that you, you point a gun at someone and target it, and it will the server will draw a line to it and say, did you hit that target or did you not hit that target? Which is very different to us physically tracking this bullet through um, the real world um, and seeing where it hits. That is a quite a sizable change as you can imagine, um, the, a fundamental change to the gunplay. And that is something that we're going through internal testing at the moment. Um, but realistically, the challenge that we have is that a change like that is going to fundamentally change the feel and the experience of gunplay. It's no longer going to feel like a slow projectile with, a, with an arcing drop-off. There's going to be compromises to the gunplay experience in order for us to really push from a experience of, and of pirate pirate lore and gunplay over to a more performance system um but yeah it's 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 a very fundamental change but it's in internal testing at the moment 
it looks promising, but that's going to be something that we're going to have to, we're going to want incredible amounts of insiders testing time on, both to just make sure that we don't push too far and end up with an incredibly performant system that just feels like we're firing railgun shots in Sea of Thieves. And we're clearly going to protect against that, that experience. But it's going to take a lot of testing time for us to go through that. But at the moment, it feels positive. It, no, it does. I mean, I mean, one thing, something to acknowledge is the fact that the fact that there's less surety that your shot is going to hit through that time of flight projectile, that is almost the levelling of the playing field in an environment where you're playing with crossplay, where you've got players playing on keyboard and mouse against players playing on controller. The fact that both sets of players are trying to land their shots, calibrating against you know, the, the distance of the shot, the fact that there are these moving objects, I mean, that is a, that is a big part of levelling the playing field. So what Drew is talking about, there's like statistically how it's improved, but there's also what does it feel like. So I think in those early tests, getting hands-on with this change, um, you, you, you do feel some benefits straight away in terms of how reliable your shots are. I think that the issue then is how does this work in Sea of Thieves? How does this not feel like I've got this ability to fire a laser across like three miles across the server? So there's there's a lot, it's very early and there'll be a lot of work to do in terms of how we make that mechanic feel at home in Sea of Thieves. Alongside just general testing of whether is this hit scan approach right for Sea of Thieves? But early tests are promising. Um, we're doing some work at the moment to get into it just presentationally improve it and then we'll continue to assess and as Drew says it'll need to spend a lot of time with our insiders and get their feedback both on the feel and um, feedback around how it improves the perception of hit reg and all of that and regardless of which way that kind of ends up right if that ends up being the, the approach that we take with this right that's going to be a change and that's going to be a, a tough decision because it's kind of it's going to be for want of a better word a compromise right it's going to be a compromise between um like the experiential goals versus the, the reliability of it yeah. right and and if we think about when we've made changes to see these before um you know but that that change fundamentally how it feels like like that that is going to be something that people are gonna kind of if we like we're going to have a moment where it's going to be something to get used to, to adjust to again. And it's yeah. going to, we know that, hey, it's a big change and it's going to be controversial and it, there will be feedback, right? Um, but Like you're describing a designer's worst nightmare at yeah. the moment. It's the, anything that affects that core muscle memory yeah. of core game feel, anything that changes there, even if it is for the better mm -hmm. and that's clearly communicated, it's a big impact to our players. Mm -hmm. So it's something we're stepping through very methodically, getting different viewpoints. Eventually, we'll have a solution, whether it's that one or, or yeah. a variation of that will hit insiders. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're we're on that journey. But yeah, we're just getting started. And signs are promising, but there's a long way to go. Yeah, which is why we wanted to talk about it openly here, right? And like literally, like let's kind of let's get prepared for the kind of this change is coming. We want to test it. We want to get feedback. We want to see. But it is, I suspect, not going to like be a unanimous decision or a decision thing where like everyone in insiders will be like yes make this change right so, like but um and like it's just it's, that's that's the that's the kind of change it is right but if we think it overall leads to a better experience for sea of thieves then we'll make the call right yeah yeah i mean there is a there is a broader point that i think is worth acknowledging in terms of how combat sits in the sea of thieves experience i think and we agree we you know we see the feedback from our players in terms of when you think about CFEs, what are some of those beloved mechanics? Or the way that ship combat works, the way that some of the personal tools work and how the items work. But we know that combat is not one of their strong areas. And I think we've been making this game for several years. We've learned a lot. 
and nothing beats getting the game in the hands of players and seeing how they relate to the experience. And I think that the difference is, and this is something we, we now take very much to heart, is we approached all the mechanics in Sea of Thieves clearly with trying to make them feel at home in this pirate sandbox they are there to immerse you not any of these mechanics are particularly deep but the depth of the game comes from how these mechanics interact together in the sandbox and i think before launch we wouldn't describe ourselves as we're a combat game we'd say we're a pirate adventure game where combat can happen where i think what we've learned and what our community have taught us that we can now take to heart is if you put any kind of competitive combat in a game you're a combat game and you need to take that very seriously in terms of where it sits in the experience, how you maintain, how it stays robust, how you iterate on it and listen to feedback. And I think we are, we, we have been for a while and everything Drew says is, is absolutely spot on. We're, we've got that in mind, but we are moving in the right direction. But yeah, it's just a bit of a, um, I guess a realisation and just want to acknowledge that, that the way we think about combat in Sea of Thieves is um, with taking it much more seriously in terms of where it ranks alongside other mechanics. I think it also explains why it's been quite a lot of behind-the-scenes work, yeah, is absolutely. that it, we're, we're not making very clear player-facing changes and iterating in that space. We're very much going behind the scenes and going, we acknowledge that this is a fundamental like point in Sea of Thieves where we're, we're struggling in terms of hit registration um, in retail and going, fundamental changes are going to take time and we need to make sure that those are measured changes and they've gone through a, a, a rigorous testing phase to not only validate they work as we expect them to, but that they feel right. Um, so we're going to make sure that we get we get the time to be able to go through that. Nice. And if you're interested on testing this when it eventually arrives to Insiders, go to seeofthieves.com forward slash insider and you'll be able to sign up. Everything that you that you kind of play though over there is behind an NDA though. So, but it will be arriving at some point. We can we can say that with some confidence, yes. right? That we'll be yeah. we'll be getting these um, improvements out. Next up, and this is a less smooth segue. Do you touch <laughs> on something that is quite key to I think a lot of the feedback that we've received quite recently? And that's kind of server performance, um, specifically with, with regards to how many ships we have on a server and how many players we might have on a, have on a server as well. We've obviously made some recent changes in that particular area. So I think kind of you just provide, provided quite a lot of context on server performance there. Mm -hmm. But I think it's probably quite nice for us to touch upon that now because we know that when you go back to those players who you say, it's not a combat game, it's a, it's a game with combat in it. For some people, they play it for combat yeah. and they're finding that they can only find four of the ships rather than five. So I think it's probably quite key we cover that. Yeah. So let, let me talk about a bit about the state of play. So back, back end of back end of last year, we saw some server performance regressions around season four time. Um, and that was just a general regression in server performance. And that can cause delayed actions. It can cause clearly an, an impact on hit registration. Um, and we kind of took ourselves back and said, right, we need to try and assess where this where these issues came from. And we, we tried, tried to work through to identify where those, those performance issues came from and tried to then start to put some actions and plans in place. Um, we delivered some improvements in November and December's update and then again in January's update. And we're not quite there yet, but January's, January's update did give us a new tool set. Um, and it was a, a new new capability to not only just be able to change the amount of crews on a server, which is quite a crude a crude lever to pull yeah. when we know there's such a significant impact to the experience by changing just from six crews to five crews. We know that has a material impact on the encounters between 
playing players and the frequency of encounters. But if the server performance dropped to a certain level that we're monitoring, we have to make that decision and unfortunately pull that emergency ripcord and say we need to be able to reduce the amount of crews on the server in order for the players that are on the server to have a good enough experience. Yeah. Um, we made that we made that decision towards the end of last year that we were going to take that step back from six crews down to down to five crews. But January's update gave us a new a new tool to be able to measure that uh, to configure that in a different way instead of just being able to say count the number of measure the number of crews on a server we can actually give it a couple of different configurations and say give us six crews but also give us a cap of how many players are on it so instead of just going we're going to move from six galleons down to five galleons on a server we could give it an opportunity to fill out six crews but only up to 16 players so it will go oh i can only have one galleon on that server i can bring a brig in and bring a sloop in and that change came with a couple of performance optimizations as well so as part of january's update we were really excited to see how the not only the improvements that we'd made in the system but this new tool sector could come in and our goal was to return to six ships and then slowly increase the dial and push ourselves from 16 players to 17 and 18 so that was our goal going in unfortunately when we launched january's update we saw that just switching to six six crews and that 16 player limit the performance wasn't good enough mm-hmm. and we were back in a state for the first 24 hours where we were uncomfortable and we said we're gonna have to make the difficult decision we'll leave ourselves um at 16 players but we're gonna bring the, the crews back to five now that is not a great experience we recognize that we're still today in that state of operating with five crews on the server um we do have further work going on behind the scenes to further improve performance so we've got some performance improvements coming in February and March's updates. So we've got those we've got those going through testing and going through insiders at the moment. Um, but we are also working behind the scenes on something a bit more experimental, which is a effectively a server architecture, like hardware change. And that is in the February to March timescale that we're going to look to try and get that through into testing. And that looks at the moment that that could give us some sizable performance improvements so we've got a combination of things through going through the the roadmap at the moment which can give us some performance improvements a potentially experimental one that we might choose not to change um but then realistically our, our goal through the through these set of changes is to return to six crews and get that get that player encounter rate the the the, the way we want it but then slowly increase the amount of players on a server um so that we can get that, we, we, we want to try and provide as no, enough ship combinations as possible. Yeah. Um, so really try and tweak the combinations when we're live in retail and we can monitor performance, we can monitor the amount of crews available and the amount of players available and make sure that we get as many players on a server as possible within that six crew limit. That is the optimal Sea of Thieves experience that we designed our world for. It's not about seven ships or eight ships. It was always around six ships for that, that average rate of encounter. And even if... You're not the type of player who's motivated by getting into ship battles and combat, but you, you're just an adventurer. You just want to go and do those quests in the world. That is as important to us. That's the way we design Sea of Thieves. So yeah, everything around our world and the amount of outposts and the size of our world um, was around that six ship limit. So that is that is where we want to get back to. And to Drew's point, with a with with that increasing player number as well, um, because 
we don't just want to have a server of six sloops or five yeah. sloops and a galleon. It's about having a mix of ships to give you those variety of experiences. I mean, that was some of the initial feedback we have, wasn't it? When we had that player cap, people all of a sudden did the maths. I'm not going to do the maths because I'll struggle to count <laughs> while there are two cameras on me. But they were like, right, okay, actually, well, the question was, a galleon's going to be OP over in the server because we've done the maths and there's a galleon and we've only got this amount of players and a cap and there's five ships. So it is just working out What's the best experience for right now? And then also, you know, how do we optimise for that six ships on a server with any kind of configuration of, of ship sizes, right? Yeah. And I think, like, the re- ships are one of the most expensive, like, components, elements in the game. Like, what we don't want to do is go switch off parts of the world or switch off other mechanics. Like, the ship itself in Sea of Thieves, and I'm, I'm, I apologise if people have heard me talk about this before, like, it's not just a vehicle in the sense of you'd experience it in another game. Each ship is like a level. It's that it's that expensive in yeah. terms of I thought he was gonna go full Jack Sparrow then. <laughs> <laughs> ship What's is a ship? ship is freedom. <laughs> freedom <laughs> to have your adventures with five of those ships in the world having an average rate of encounter as part of an eternal pirate life. Did Jack Sparrow ever say a ship is not a vehicle? I don't think he used the word vehicle. No. I've got to be honest. And now you've, you've, it, said, it felt weird when I said it and you called it out, which makes it feel doubly weird. Good. So thanks for that. Yeah, that was... I'm going to put that in the next press release. Mike Chapman, creative director. A ship is not a vehicle. A ship is not a vehicle. Just, is not a no vehicle. context. Just yeah. leave it there. Great. But it's, um, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, and this is where you can cut this out if you need to. We'll be right back with the Sea of Thieves podcast. We did cut that bit. It's gone. You'll never know what it is. Sorry. Oh, well. Moving on. <laughs> so, Can't believe um, you said that. I'm so sorry, Drew. But in, so, when we're talking about Hit Reg, obviously, you're talking about kind of the foundations of combat and the PvP experience. But obviously, there aren't just the foundation elements. There are the things that we bolt on top of that as well when we, t- when we talk about things like weapon balancing. Um, so we get people talk about this a lot. I know it's one thing that, in terms of the meta, that people discuss quite frequently. We see Reddit threads all over the place, forum threads, etc. You know, so things like one-shot blunderbussing and the fact there are five bullets in a gun, like, where, where are we at with that? Is that something we want to consider evolving or are we just trying to get those foundation bits right before we then move into, okay, well, what does this mean for the rest of it? Very, yeah, very much so. So, yeah, we, we see we see a range of feedback around just combat balancing. At the moment, there's a very like strong push towards sword combat and sword combat balancing and some f- just frustrations about the fundamental system about sword combat. But really, where we are from a managing server performance with a focus on hit registration and gunplay, um, we're very much in a place of we're not going to make any changes to the combat balancing, whether it's focusing on a specific type like sword combat or just the interplay between weapons. We're going to focus very very much on let's get our server performance into a better state let's get hit registration into a better state so we can better establish a baseline of how the game is operating and then we'll take that next step of saying pretty much sword combat is the next thing to go and focus on and we'll try and work out what are the right steps to go and take to and realistically it's tweaking the experience it's making the sword combat feel the way that it should we don't expect to be in a scenario where players can't rely on the block we want to make sure that that sword play feels um like well presented and, and, and operating the way that we expect but it's very much tweaking the tools and yeah. the system that I, we've got I think, available yeah, like right? that, make sure that foundation is strong first and that's the stage that we're in right which is trying to solidify the foundations of this combat experience to make sure it's reliable and robust in all of these different scenarios you can get into in Sea of Thieves and then 
it's not even revisiting balance that we've considered in the past. I think it's very much just a fresh look at balancing of the weapons and how they relate to each other for Sea of Thieves and 2022 and the game it represents today. Um, so I think that fresh look at, at combat balancing, it really needs those strong foundations first, which is that's where we're dedicating our efforts right now. I like you, you're nodding your yep. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Excellent. I agree. And so, and I'm going to apologise now, but this is all the stuff that we see come up on our channel. So I know it's quite difficult to have conversations around some of this stuff, especially when it comes at you. It's a surprise. It's not a surprise. They know in advance that this is coming. But one of the things that we do see, like I think, and this goes back to kind of hit registration and combat, is that we see people saying this person's cheating, and they might not be cheating. It might just be because of the experience that we've been able to provide. It's like a Okay, yeah, it looks like cheating, but actually I can identify X, Y, Z that might have been going a little bit skew if in your server here. But in terms of combating cheating at a kind of a actual cheating level, have we got any plans to develop and just have a closer look at what tools are people using to kind of get into that? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one because s some of it is perception, right? Like for sure, like you say, like reliability of weapons or even the one hit of a blunderbuss getting killed by that. Some people don't even realise that that can happen, right? And you're like, I just got one kill, that doesn't happen. Um, but so, th so there's some perception things about hit reds and some stuff. But ultimately kind of cheating in online games is an ongoing kind of battle for every single games developer out there, right? And we can't unfortunately go into the level of detail that we would like to, that, that we talk about all of the other kind of systems and things them, um, because ultimately kind of revealing what you're doing reveals your hand to the nefarious types of people who are going out there and trying to kind of ruin the experience for others, which is ultimately what that is, right? Um, and so like it is very rare in Sea of Thieves, like um, in potential comparison to kind of other kind of more combat focused experiences where there's probably more motivation to kind of go and work on cheats and, and have them in there because they're going to be more likely to be used. Um, but we, you know, we have a zero tolerance approach, like every report we get, we go investigate, we have very good kind of reports and telemetry to kind of track this. So when we get videos sent through, we can go look and we can kind of identify if this stuff's happening. Um, and, you know, anyone that does that gets, gets the ban hammer, like, um, you know, and, and we go after that as, as kind of harshly as we can, right? Um, is, is ultimately the case. So basically it is, it's just that ongoing kind of battle, right? Isn't it? And it kind of like a, a war of attrition um, for, for want of a better phrase. Um, but so we're always looking at how to combat it. And, and if something new pops up, then we'll go figure out how to address it. But yeah, it is, it is pretty rare ultimately in Sea of Thieves. Like that's like, it's all our data, all our reports, everything tells us like it's, um, but we know if it happens, it's frustrating. And, um, and we, we're always doing more, we, everything we can to kind of move that forward and kind of, and ultimately win that battle. But it's just, it's one of the perils of online gaming, right? Like, um, and it's rubbish for our players, right? And rubbish for everyone on our team that has to go spend their time fighting against that versus putting cool stuff in. Like yeah. ultimately, like that's just like, we would love to be doing nothing less than that. Like, um, uh, cause it's just, it's, it's just, it's just attrition, right? It's just yeah. it's just time and effort spent on something when we could be doing better things for our players. It's hard to and it's hard to conclusively win that battle, right? Because yeah. people are always adapting and trying new strategies. So it's just you've got to be on it all the time. Yep. So we've talked about kind of the current combat situation, but let's ask a, a difficult question: What's the future of combat for Sea of Thieves? That's a great question. I think with everything that Drew was talking about, with like first phases, let's stabilize the kind of foundations of the combat system. That's kind of their first phase. The second phase is let's take that fresh look at balancing, put everything back under the microscope, 
balanced combat for the experience that Sea of Thieves is today. And then when it comes to the future of it, I think it's fair to say that like, there's an opportunity there to take just from the ground up a fresh look at what we want that personal combat experience to represent in Sea of Thieves. And I think the best way to think about this is, you know, with the, you know, the ambitious plans we've got for the future of Sea of Thieves, how we want to grow this experience and take feedback from our players and continue to use that to iterate upon the direction of the game. I think combat is an area where we are looking at the potential in the future to really look at a real ground-up overhaul of that system. And there's lots of things to bear in mind with that. I mean, if you think about combat in Sea of Thieves as it is today and as we first designed it, there's a lot of limitations. And again, we didn't make it easy for ourselves in terms of it's a first-person game. So first-person melee combat is challenging anyway in a, ne in a network environment. But also the fact that we've got a set of principles around how we wanted to immerse our players. We don't want lots of cluttered UI on screen. We do everything in our power to get that UI off screen as fast as possible and make sure it's only contextual. Um, when you think about, you know, you, people constantly hear us wax lyrical about this is a pirate fantasy game, it's about living up to that pirate fantasy and we've gone, we've gone to town on delivering that across our mechanics and our quests and we approached combat in the same way you know when you think about what it's like to fire a weapon what it's like to swing a sword in a pirate world there's a there's a lightness to it it's you know when you think about swashbuckling it's not swinging a big heavy broadsword with huge delays and time um there's a lightness to that combat so there's lots of principles that we have that i think like honestly in to, to make a better experience Maybe we need to compromise somewhere. Maybe we need to at least bend some of those rules um, as we look to combat for the future. But it is an area that we are seriously looking at, um, and it's a future. It's a future thing, right? Yeah. Well, I think totally. If we look at Sea of Thieves now, we have loads of plans for how we want to grow it and the things we can do to expand upon the game. But if we look at the existing experience and we look at, you know, we look at ship combat and how kind of that really does meet those expectations for, for players, and and we look across across the whole experience, like this personal combat, this player kind of combat, player to player stuff, is really like. We, you know, we don't believe it lives up to that promise that the rest of the game kind of does ultimately. Right? Yeah. It's the one bit where we're like, you know, if we could, yeah. if we could magically do that bit again, <laughs> like for want of a better yeah. phrase, right? But, um, and yeah, and that's not to dampen down the incredible work that's gone into it and to kind of create what is there because, like you say, super complex, incredibly right? again, challenging like, area. Yeah, what we're the, doing. Yeah, the challenge of like that that sword play over a network is completely different to like a, a single player game that you can go play that has kind of uh, that kind of combat, right? Because it's just you've got so many different considerations um yeah and tie that in like you say with the the moving objects that you're on the kind of real physical world with the gunplay like it's it's super complex and a big undertaking and so us looking at okay can we go do that again right and this is this is kind of future thinking right future plans for us yeah. and and so part of our ongoing strategy for sea of thieves is how we continue to work with co-dev partners and and kind of new teams um that, that kind of work and support sea of thieves so we we obviously have a big team at rare but as we've been growing and evolving sea of thieves we've continued to grow and evolve our development team right because the team has kind of grown um like um bigger and bigger since launch because we want to keep adding cool stuff and, and doing things but um so 
when it comes to this combat thing, we are like actively looking for potential codev partners that we can go partner with to kind of to, to do this, right? Because that seems like a really good kind of approach to us. Is there someone that maybe brings some external kind of experience or expertise in um, in, in this kind of area? Uh, and so we're in the early stages of that. And and just to kind of set expectations around timeframes on that, you know, getting an onboarding a team is that's that's a phase of getting someone on board that they can kind of you know work with us they're using our tools they're kind of in our in our development rhythm um that's going to be six months right but then you're looking at a prototype phase right of like right you provide the kind of the guidance the direction of what that experience yep. that we, yep. we rolling we in everything that we've learned yep. since launch yeah. yeah and you're looking at another nine months to, to 12 months prototype phase i think for something as complex as that right yeah you're going to go and like so we can play it it's not pretty it's not kind of all kind of like all like fully visual and audio and stuff but it's got all the key bits that we can go play in a networked environment and then be like yes this is the experience we want to go make and and it might be at that stage we go you know what like this isn't this is like we, we this we've gone and tried it we can't make the the step forward that would justify the continued investment in this um like like any kind of feature right that you go after right because you, you, the prototype is about proving it right um well fundamentally we believe our, our players are not going to think this is a huge improvement over what we've had previously exactly. yeah just because it's different it doesn't necessarily make yeah. it better right yeah. so yeah and so so we'll get to that stage we'll review and then if we if we're good and hopefully we will be um then because like you say we've learned loads from from everything that we've done uh, so far we'll then go and put that into to full development and then again you're looking at like another 12 months to, to go deliver that or something so so it's a meaningfully kind of long period of time to go and do something as complex as this and i think in our internal discussions you know it's almost like hearing hearing us talk about it, it's like it's one of the most complex things we could go do right um as a single kind of area or feature to I, go I, and add or, and like, i think kind of you talking about seeking you know the right codev partner for this i think that just speaks to the fact that it would require so much effort so much commitment to really put that side of the game back under the spotlight and really try and live up to that fantasy and do it justice it's not something you, we can do on the side mm -hmm. i think we need to scale our team and really commit to it but i guess i think the good thing i think that we can commit to is that it is such a part of that pirate fantasy. It's such a big part of Sea of Thieves um, that we want the chance to go and have a fresh look at it. And like Joe says, it might not. We might decide that we've gone, we've given it all the time of day, we've prototyped it, but just those limitations we can't take to that next level. Um, but we should still go and do that. We should go through that process because we might find something that really elevates that side of the experience and... You know, yeah. future version of Sea of Thieves, we take that next step. But yeah. yeah, the commitment is to go and look at it. Exactly. And we'll go into it with every hope and expectation that we can and that it will be. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't be going investing and trying, right? Yeah. But, um, but you just have to have that kind of the, the reality lens. Of course. Sadly, of course. And we are. We're eternal optimists. So, yeah, I, I, mm -hmm. I believe we can find something, but we've got to be realistic as well. Yeah. I think we strike gold. We could, couldn't we? Totally. We should start That's digging. Nice. Indeed, yeah. starting yeah. gold a lot. Yeah. Like Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to learn how to do that without doing the mouth. <laughs> there we go. It's fine. Um, so that was really actually insightful. So thank you. That's really helpful. Um, one of the other things I'm not letting up, by the way, one of the other things that our community talked to us about quite a lot is the solo sleep experience. Mm. Um, obviously, we've been out for almost four years now in retail, and I think. We've learned a lot about the solo sleeping experience and, you know, the challenges that some of those players face. And I think one of the things I'd love to bring to this table is actually discussing, you know, what are those learns and how do yeah. we fold those learns in and design for the future for a solo sleep experience? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to dwell on the past too much, but in terms of the solo sleep experience and what it represented to us in those kind of early days of prototyping and then up to our launch in 2018, our focus with Sea of Thieves was players creating stories together, a group of players really feeling like they were working together as part of a crew on a ship. And fundamental to that is there's these immersive roles that you can do on a ship and through using your communication and diplomacy and the teamwork amongst people you're able to more effectively sail a ship so you know that making all of that hard work easier by working with other people and i think that was a fundamental part of the design of the galleon at the same time while we were designing the galleon as that core sea of thieves experience where a crew worked together of course we acknowledged that well not everybody's going to come to see a thieves and have that ready-made group of friends. We spoke a lot about we wanted this to be someone's first multiplayer game. Like this is, we wanted to make a game that players would play and go, oh, "This has really changed my mind about the types of magical experience I can have in a multiplayer game." So we positioned the solo sloop as this is the starting point for our players. This is if you if your friends aren't online, you've always got the solo sloop to be able to play on, um, and if you play that way we want to upsell the fact that there is a galleon and you might make friends in Sea of Thieves and you'll be able to then play on that ship. So where that left us was, think about the way that chests work, the way that bailing works, the way that like repairing the ship and sailing the ship and all these interactive points on the ship. Um, Solo was pretty much positioned as the hard mode of Sea of Thieves, which is interesting but kind of counterintuitive to what you'd expect as a player. And I think the landscape we released the game in and the content and the experiences you could have in 2018 was it was the hard mode. And to be fair, a lot of people do enjoy that part of Sea of Thieves. A lot of people appreciate it for that reason now. You've got to be the person inside in the ship. You've got to be the eyes on the horizon. You're almost spinning plates of I've got to bail, I've got to repair the ship, I've got to sail the ship. Um, but I think what we've learned since launch is that people perceive the sloop as that starting point but they want to play that way forever because that gives them more control over their experience they want to experience all this diverse range of content that we've added to the game like tall tales and world events and there's so much more in the game now that players can experience as a solo player so i think the way we think about that we say the solo sloop, you can play on it with duos as well. And I think that that's the point in terms of how it was balanced, right? It is, it's still better with one other person. So where we think about that sloop has fundamentally changed, I think, in terms of we see a lot of players um, since launch and to this day that play exclusively in that ship. Um, and the backdrop against all of that is we've also added a lot to the game since launch. So we launched it as the hard mode, but we've added a lot of mechanics to the game. Revive, chain shots, lots of mechanics that we believe enhance the, that core Sea of Thieves experience, but it makes life for people who play on a solo sub even harder. So I just want to acknowledge that. So there's lots of areas around the sloop, um, whether that's how does it sit alongside the Brigantine and the Galleon in terms of that fundamental balance of what are they like into the wind? What are they like out of the wind? What, what are they like when they've got all their sails angled? Down to, you know, how easy it is to board these ships and how these another you know, all these mechanics interact with these ships. There's, there's just so many areas of balance that we want to take a fresh look at. Um, and again, without going into specifics, but that's something that we're, we want to 
look at in terms of like st a strike team kind of dedicating time to looking at that right we've got a couple of different options which we're exploring to be fair like it's kind of almost back to the same conversation we had around the um the, around the services work is how do we structure a team to not only just push on ahead and forge a path into these great new kind of exciting experiences, but also try and invest that time back into the core experience as it stands right now. We've talked about it in services and combat, but I think it's just a challenge for us as we operate our live service of going, we do have goal, big goals mm -hmm. and big aspirations to move forward, but we recognize that the solo crew experience is something that we want to go and address and just look at from a fresh balancing perspective. So there's a couple of different options there. There is the opportunity for us to go and pull to pull out a strike team to just go and target a solo crew experience and see what improvements we could make there. Or there is an opportunity to take a different approach and potentially pull a larger feature team together and go and tackle this alongside some other things as part of one of our bigger like seasonal updates. Yeah. But I think the option, the options there, we've got a lot of options available to us. It's just, it's another one of them prioritization and balancing challenges that we've got as we operate our live service, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's always evolving, right? Like make, like, like you say, the solo ship, launched in, 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 um, in one state and then the games evolved around it and so things become higher priority or once we go tackle a thing like that then something else will become the highest priority stuff and so having that balance between how we continue to kind of yeah, iterate and improve on on various things in the live service is the key and that's why there is a kind of like there is a challenge between do you have a this strike team thing that's just going and chopping off one of those things at a time um, or do we go actually you know what we're going to go after a few of these bigger things that really impact the experience that isn't isn't necessarily a new thing to headline a season but it might be that we go we're going to go and make a season all about these things right and so to give have, you that commitment yeah, yeah yeah and so so we're we're having those conversations right now right like last week we were in front of the the virtual whiteboard um uh, and uh, kind of moving things around and looking at that shape, looking at that thing. And the great thing about Sea of Thieves is that we've got so many ideas about new stuff we could do. There's so many things we can go tackle within the experience like this. It's such a rich, broad thing. Like that, 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 that's almost our biggest challenge, right? Is the prioritization and the, the kind of, and the team shape and order to do that. Because we can't just focus on new. We can't just focus on existing. It's, you've got to have that constant balance. For yeah. one of a, and there's, uh, some, there's, there's so many different facets to it. There's, there's what that ship represents and what your experience is like as a solo player sailing on that ship. So there's almost the solidifying that ship's place in the game and really looking at the balance but then there's also the kind of stuff we've already always talked about which is we still want players to have a variety of experiences when they encounter other players in the game and there's ways that solo players can make those connections in a more meaningful way and I think right now the way that works in Sea of Thieves is you you, you sell with someone within a session and you've got the option to effectively I can add you as a friend and that it's it's essentially that's the only way to make that connection so Looking to the future of Sea of Thieves, there's just an acknowledgement of there's the there's the ship itself and what the experience represents. But how can we also, for players that are open to it, um, allow solo players to make those connections more effectively with other people? So that was kind of a Sea of Thieves, but got to be careful. No, I love that. And I think one of the reasons I love season five so much is I do tend to solo sleep quite a lot. And like you say, there's that add the friend. But I think for me, that added a little bit more dialogue with other players, even though I was playing on my own. It was like, here's a quest. I see a ship on the horizon, have a firework. And that's the kind of thing that I, that's literally how I play. I'm like, I see you. Like, White flag, straight up the flare goes. But it, it does allow that kind of like, I know, I can't even think of the right phrase, but almost like a, a micro interaction. Yeah. Where it's like, here's yeah. an acknowledgement. And then you start to build on that. So I really love the way that we're thinking about it because season five, re you know, resonated really well with our players. It, certainly for me as a solo sleeper did. So it's really nice to, you know, 
hear that from, I don't want to call you the horse, but the horse's mouth. Is Ooh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Pedigree horse. <laughs> a grand national winner. Thank um, you. Some of their players are lucky enough to have those magical experiences where they, they enter the game solo and they make friends and then they the people have made incredible connections in Sea of Thieves. We've seen weddings happened in Sea of Thieves and people have met this way. And it, it's unbelievable that a game can support those experiences. Um, but it's just about how can we make that more likely to happen for a, a broader group of people. And I think that's a commitment alongside just assessing, well, frankly, all of their ships and how they sit alongside each other in terms of that core balance. That's really interesting. The phrase micro connection, is that what you used, by the way? Micro. Mic yeah, micro, micro, interaction. micro interaction. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Micro interaction. I got that. Not mm. a micro aggression, it's like a micro friendship, isn't it? It's like yeah. a micro positive thing. Not a Love mic it. interaction. Yeah, you know when you like start start at like a new job and you're like you know, you make a connection with someone across the meeting and you're like you think like me, don't you? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be friends. Yeah, and then totally. you build on that. You like little email here and here, like little Teams message, That's and it. then you know before you know it, best buds. That's go. the kind of equivalent for Sea of Thieves. I feel that That's the fireworks offers. That's your. Yeah. That's kind of like your entry level. This is what I'm all about. I see you. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, so we should equip everyone at Rare with safe fireworks to use for that scenario. Little ones, party poppers, maybe. For the, <laughs> <laughs> for the, for the corridors. Just be like, yeah, just like pull past someone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Rare. You're going with that. Man. I liked it. I didn't know I was going. It was I just good, like, ended up from somewhere. Yeah. So just to touch on something that you said there, if you're solo yeah. sleeping, you are you're bailing, you're patching your ship, yeah. you are steering, you're sailing, spinning plates, you're spinning many plates, you might be smashing them. And one of the things we've seen as kind of a negative player kind of interaction is things like spawn camping, yeah. Yeah. especially when you're a solo sleeper. You if you're being spawn camped, it's very tough for you to kind of maintain a, a kind of positive experience yeah. um, without kind of scuttling or something. So that's something, as we, as I've said, we see come up time and time again, spawn camping, etc. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, are there any designs or ideas in the, in the kind of um, the fire to address things like spawn camping? I mean, it's a... Uh... Do you want to say something? I was just going to say... Can the horse speak? No, no, you go. I was just going to say, it, it, it's it's very much on that list when we look at core experience, like challenges as, as we're facing right now and solo crew balancing the spawn camping. While it clearly impacts the solo crew experience, it can impact galleons as well and for, for player crews. So it's very much in that mix of how do we balance the new and the exciting stuff, but also try and address that. But do you want to talk a bit more yeah, about... Yeah, I think it's... That whole subject of how, how, what does that, the timeline of a ship encounter and how does it play out? And I think what is effectively happening is it is a, it is a deficiency of the experience. And let's be absolutely honest in terms of players get into that ship combat experience. And by how all these mechanics work together, there's a time for a ship to sink and a fill rate of the ship based on the amount of holes it's got. And that's all part of the, the fundamental balance of a ship. Um, so the spawn camping arises through players wanting to guarantee that that ship goes down. So essentially players ending up camping on that ship to prevent people from bailing. And it's it's a big result of the freedom that we give players and how these mechanics work in our shared world. So it's something that we are aware of. We've been aware of it for some time. There's multiple ideas, both past and present, around how we solve that. Our solution for launch was the scuttle mechanic, which is less than ideal because it requires players to find that option in the menu. And it feels very 
destructive from their point of view. I know we see players using Scotland in a funny way at the end of sessions, but I think for that core scenario where a ship is going down, it's about, if you think of a boxing match, what's happening is the referee is not stepping in and parting <laughs> those players. I mean, yeah. that's the way I think about it. And that's right. Like <laughs> you've got the encounter is over between two ships, um, but the game isn't stepping in and separating those players and bringing that encounter to a thrilling conclusion ideally we want to make it feel really exciting um so you've just got this weird no man's land of people fighting each other just waiting for that ship to sink and it's very unlikely in most cases that the players on the receiving end are going to pull back that yeah. issue so that that's that's really part of the design where where we see when we see it happen on streams it's it's just like oh god like we there's there's a key part of the experience missing there and without kind of teasing where we'll go with it, there's, there's a bunch of ideas that, not exactly like combat, but it's such a core change to the way you relate to other ships that it's something that we need to spend a lot of time on, getting in insiders and methodically kind of step through it. But it is an area that we are committed to addressing. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting one as well, isn't it? Because it's like your boxing analogy is a great one, by the way. But Because um, the players that are doing the attacking, it's kind of their only option, right? And, yeah. they, and yeah. they, they, they don't really have a choice, but they're not necessarily like wanting to do it or enjoying it. And, but whereas for the player on the other end, their anger's directed at the player, right? Yeah. As much as anything. And, and it, but it kind of, it's like, it's at the, the mechanic and the flow sort of thing, right? It it's like, and to your point, it's like, if a boxer's winning, sometimes you see them look at the ref and be like, come on. Yeah, like, and that's is, them yeah. looking at us going, come on. Because right? it's not like, fair to keep hitting them yeah. because mm -hmm. the yeah. encounter is over. Exactly, right? And so, so that is absolutely on us, but it plays out in a way that creates kind of real tension between players in our game. Like, I know, like, joking about the metaphor and but but it's a really serious kind of thing because it creates real negative experiences emotions run high there's frustration that that leads to probably things that are said that shouldn't be said that really it should it's part of the experience where the game needs to step in more whether that's with a mechanic or just a, a change to how that ship flow works um but yeah it is it is one of the things that you do see when you watch streams of sea of thieves or when you play the game um that we are committed to addressing. I mean, we've been thinking about it for quite some time as well, because Drew, even when I started working at Rare, I think there was something exploring this idea in Insiders once upon a time. So it's not it's not a new thing that's emerged because we've got, you know, over 25 million players and people no. play differently. It's very much a... Actually, this has always been something that we've been quietly thinking about in the background. Um, but I think, as you said, I think that we've just got to kind of understand actually this is the intent this is the cycle people aren't intentionally spawn camping they just want to see a ship sink because we've put an emissary system in there that yeah. requires that they collect that flag when that ship sinks yeah, this is totally. this is so it. assuming the, the best of intent from our players to just want to play the game yeah. there's there's something to address there and obviously there are people who sometimes don't have good intent either and it's actually as you say how how do we make the game step in and yeah, yeah. make this fairer because i think we can acknowledge that most of our players are absolutely amazing people but there might be people who've had a bad day and feel like I'm going to make your life difficult today. Com completely, yeah. And that in entire encounter ends up being more lung drawn out than ideally it should be because it's already effectively been decided at that point. Yeah. Um, so, and we, and we want, like, it's part of Sea of Thieves, right? If, if you want to get loot that way and take that chance of engaging ships in combat, that is a core part of Sea of Thieves. Um, so that is, that is one of the, yeah, the deficiencies that kind of affect the perception of that that we need to address. Great. Any last words? Any last words on spawn camping? No. <laughs> Incredible. <Yeah. laughs> I think I think I, I, what I would just say is, and you know, kind of 
you know, me awkwardly alluding to kind of we've got ideas and we do, but I think a lot of the kind of solutions that we've had to spawn camping that they're big, they're big changes to the ship and how we bring those encounters to a cl- to a close. And I think what we want to do is find out well how do we how do we test it in the simplest way? How do we get something to insiders where we can really assess that balance? Because I think that's going to be key. Um, because wherever we end up, it's really going to change the perception and the feel of how ships almost relate to each other in the shared world. So it's just finding the solution or the way we carve up that solution to get testing on it early. And I think that's where we're at. We've got some hypotheses that we just need to kind of run through and then get into production yeah and we've tried a couple of different solutions and i won't go into what they are but like the one that you were alluding to there's one more recently that we kind yeah. of tried leading into season five and it was just like oh hold on this isn't going to work and there was yeah. because of the complexity of how it interacts with everything yeah. and the whole kind of shared experience so it's like yeah it's not as simple as whatever you're thinking <laughs> unless unless you are thinking of the best thing then, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll do it yeah yeah <laughs> I think spawn camping and solo crew balance are so closely interlinked yeah. as well. And when we talk about the, just the balance and the interplay between ships, I think both of those topics, while they, they are separate and can affect different crew sizes, we've got to really look at them almost together and make sure that we aren't just making balancing changes to accommodate smaller crews, but then push it skewed into potentially more spawn camping scenarios or vice versa. Like, yep. It's a really, really challenging area for us to go tackle. And, you know, we've spent quite a lot of time behind the scenes, even talking kind of podcast topic wise like when are we going to tackle this and it really is actually you know especially you know with hit, hit registration we've, we've got things on the horizon but here we don't really have necessarily a clear plan there's definitely an intent and a, an understanding of some of the pains that our players have but I think for me it's really important we discuss this just really transparently because it's like we're aware we've been listening to you we understand your frustrations and we are thinking about them it's just it's going to take time to get to a place where we're going to evolve that experience to to make it better for everyone involved. I think we just want to be considered as well, right? There's there's lots of things that we can go do, but these are really gnarly areas and with just meta changes that could come out the back of it. So just being really careful and being really considered about how we approach that and almost keep our cards close to our chest and, and really do the due diligence internally that we've tested potential opportunities before we even move into insiders and get their feedback. Like, I think we just need to be really measured with those. those ones. Yeah. And, and I think the main thing for I think for our community to know is that we have ambitious plans for the future. We want to do completely new things in CFEs, but it's very much one eye on the future, but also one eye on the now and the state of our game now. And what are the key issues that we need to address? And we, we, we've covered kind of the top ones today. Um, but yeah, that commitment to to make the CFEs experience today better, more robust, more reliable um, and more welcoming for people. So how do we all feel about that? How do we feel about the last, like, you know, for us, it's been two hours or so where we've just gone into all the things that we have been quietly kind of noodling on as we bring all this new content into the into the product, you know. Does it feel strange to just get a load of stuff off your chest or good? Cleansing? That was good. That is, it's good. <laughs> it's good to... I think it's just there's some things we're making progress on and it's just acknowledging um, that, you know, plans plans in place of putting teams on it and addressing these issues i think acknowledging it is just as important and seeing that we're we're aware of the issues i think that's it for me is you we we see it on reddit we see it on twitter and i think when we see it as a team we instinctively go yeah we know that's not good enough we know we need to go and move on those things and the challenge is how we go and go and tackle it but i think it's been great just to be able to talk openly about some of the challenges that we're facing and almost just what are the conversations we're having in the studio at the moment about 
where, where, how to build a team, how to restructure to focus on live service, but also go and deliver the new and exciting things. So I think, yeah, it's it's good to be able to air it. And so players can see that this is an active conversation across the team. Yeah. Using the podcast, having that closer link to our community, which has been challenging, right? With working from home and everything we've lived through and that like we've, we've done as tried to do as best as we can to, to keep that communication going. But, you know, part of that communication, is, it's not just the new, exciting, shiny stuff. It's also what are the things that are of top concern to our community. Yeah. So it's been and good. Ever since we lost, like, or stopped doing the weekly updates, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. ultimately I was, like, filling quite a bit because, uh, like, trying to talk about stuff in detail every week. But, um, uh, like, just for me personally, it felt like I've lost a little bit that connection, right? And a little bit that kind of platform to do this. And we've, we've obviously, we've had the podcast series and things, but but to be able to dedicate, and in, like like you say, a quite lengthy period of time to talk about this um, uh, is, is actually is actually great and and that that open transparent kind of nature um that, that we've kind of always kind of preached on um sea of thieves throughout like i think it stands us in good stead right and being able to acknowledge that we don't yet have all the solutions all the answers and all the things on some of those things but we are like they're important and we know we need to go adjust them i think it's a good thing so i hope everybody kind of listens and kind of will have a lot of questions a lot of feedback i'm sure uh um but that's great we're always always listening always scouring and um yeah so yeah genuinely all is yeah yeah like you know as long as you say it nicely, <laughs> yeah. not, not don't be mean to us. Yeah. But as long as you're saying it in a constructive way that we really it, it will resonate with someone in the team. Yeah. You know, we're all massively passionate. It's not just a community team who scour everything; it's everyone. Like mm-hmm. you know, sometimes really to our is. detriment, it's like we can't look away. Um, but everything, you know, job true. <laughs> How many late nights have you had? <laughs> but that, honestly, I can't stop. But, but that's what true. you want. That's yeah. what you want. That's exactly what. Like I'm proud of that. Like that. Everybody on the team is scaring and seeing, and doesn't mean they're commenting on it, but they're taking it in, and it's 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 being fed into the decisions that we make because we just, that that's the commitment that we made to our players when we launched this game that we're going to continue to evolve the game with our community. Yeah, cool. So that was pretty intense, but that was really nice because it's the first podcast I've actually done from the tavern. All the podcasts I've been on historically have been from home with the cat trying to like break the door down to get in so it's really nice to see your faces again it's been uh, it's been really good and I think it's actually really great to have conversations of this nature just around a table so if you enjoyed that we did too it was lovely um, for future podcasts obviously we take questions please use hashtag SOT podcast if you'd like to ask something for next time round but for now we'd like to say thank you for joining us we know it's been intense so if you've reached this point thanks for staying with us and we'll uh, see you next time or as Joe says see you on the seas or as Mike says, see you on the waves. Yeah, doesn't quite roll. Really I, don't, does it, but, I don't know which one to go with. That's the on the. No, the better one. Community <laughs> <laughs> decides. Do you want to do a little wave now? Which this one? To the big one. This one. Yeah. Or do we just? We're all together.